Caring for a loved one can be an incredibly rewarding experience, but it can also be emotionally and physically exhausting. Carers often put the needs of their family members before their own, sacrificing their time and energy to provide the necessary care. This selfless act can come with its own set of struggles, as carers face physical fatigue, emotional stress, while trying to balance a demanding job with providing care if they are working. Because we know many carers give up their job, their freedom, their opportunities in life to stay home to look after their loved one. It is important that we recognize the hard work and dedication of these individuals who dedicate themselves to caring for loved ones in need. Welcome to the Disability and Aged Care Podcast, brought to you by LevHelp, where we make person-centered care in a safe, caring environment easily accessible. Caring is our calling. We live to make life less difficult for others. I am Arun Ellis, a registered nurse, educator, and consultant in disability sector, and I'm so glad to have your company on this journey. This podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purpose only. The content of this podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional advice. Some content can be a trigger to the listener. If this happens, please stop listening and seek professional help. So let's talk about carers. Now, why is this important? Because I can recall certain situations in my life where a carer has made choices and sacrifices to care for a loved one. Yeah, they have chosen that other person in the family before their own need. And quite a few family members have done this. And I admire, so, so admire my family for doing this for other family members. So I have a special, special place for carers in my heart. So when we talk about carers, you know, it is not easy. But if you are a carer, I hear you, I see you, and I appreciate you. If you are a support worker, if you are anybody in disability field, you know, next time when you meet these amazing people, just notice and think about the sacrifices that they are making. Because most of us have a heart in good place. Most of us try to do our best. But at the same time, we know that in this industry, there are people who are not suited to work here, people who are making decisions that in longer run will not serve them, but in shorter run is harming our community members who have chosen to care for their loved one, who have put their loved one before their own self. So there are some people out there, so we just need to be careful. I know there is always more than one side to a story. I know that, I accept that, but this is salutation for those who really do care and who choose their loved ones before them. As I have told you before, many times I grew up in a big family, right? Big, big family. Growing up, we were taught cousins are just brothers and sisters born to aunts and uncles. We knew everyone in the village and people were always in and out of each other's houses. I have childhood friends, girlhood friends, school friends, nursing friends, work friends, church friends, kids friends, parent friends. In short, there is no shortage of people in my life. When I first left home and went to mainland of India, I was surrounded by hundreds of people. 
all the time. I did a hospital-based nursing course. I lived in a hostel with few hundred girls. There was no escape. But in that commotion, in that people, I was lonely. So very lonely. Strangers surrounded me. They were not my people. Their faces were different. Their voices were different. Their culture was different. They thought differently. They did things differently. You know, it is not the stark contrast of me coming to Australia and meeting a different person, right? Who looked different. But this is about staying in the same country, but not as a world I knew growing up. You know, people looked similar, but they were different. Even my sister being there with me was no consolation. Five years on, I wept bitterly, leaving this hospital and this hostel because in five years, the strangers had become friends, some almost like families. Some took us in in their houses, in their homes, and the families welcomed us with warmth and love and food. I love food. Just letting you know (laughs) know that. Then I came to Australia and the whole process started again. But this time, the difference was stark. This time, there were not many people around at all. There was no community. People were not in each other's lives as I knew it. And I, again, felt so, so alone. 19 years in Australia. Australia is home. Family and friends surround me again. But you see, in hard, trying times, I miss my parents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins who have been my caretakers and well-wishers, who made personal sacrifices and always said a word of prayer. At any given time, a round table conference is going on in my head. And in that, in any given scenario, I know exactly what someone from my family will say and the motivation behind it. Now that is community. That is family. Those who have experienced it, You know, you'll be smiling in your head saying, I know exactly what you're saying. At the same time, also know just because there is a family, that does not mean that the family has bond within it. People can be rich in money and poor in love and company and family. A social or a moral obligation is no longer enough. Love or a social or a moral obligation is no longer enough for people to stay and care for each other or care for those that are related to us. Negative as it may sound, I have seen much of it to not mention it. Why is it important though? Because big families, I know of it, there was always someone to take turns People help when they are around. Now look at me, so far away from my parents. Lucky for me, my brother and sister-in-law is amazing. They care for my parents and vice versa. My parents are a great help and support for them. My aunts and uncles check in and share a meal or lend a listening ear. With people having smaller families, family living far from each other, and all adults working, people are not around, physically not around. At the same time, the personal space bubble has grown so big that we have forgotten to ask for help for ourselves or for our loved ones. Either we have asked and were let down, and many of us have forgotten how to ask others, how can I help you? What can I do for you? 
And this may also be because many have asked and suffered for their kindness, have been made fun of or have not had a positive or a warm response. So many scenarios why we don't ask for help or why we don't offer for help. A quote from Gary Paulson's book comes to mind. You can take the man out of woods, but you can't take the woods out of the man. It is so true for humans, but instead of woods, we have a need to care. I have noticed that it does not matter if we live in our bubbles. In 95%, and this is my sole assumption, there is a need. In 95% of people, there is a need to care. You care. I know because you are here listening to this podcast. Because the start of the podcast says clearly what is our aim. And our aim is to provide person-centered care in safe, caring environment made easily accessible. So you want to provide person-centered care. You want to make an environment caring and safe. And you want to make the care accessible. That's why you are here, isn't it? Village life, living in a herd is not new to humans, right? We have done that from the beginning of time, from our existence. And we will continue doing that. What families did? In ideal world, life is about codependency. We physically care more for our young ones and teach them how to care for themselves and others. So one day they can grow up and step into our shoes. We care for our elderly because we are completing the circle of life. We love them. We do this out of love. And in looking after our elderly, we prepare our young ones for their future roles. We care for loved ones when they are sick. These are all basic human instincts, vital instincts. But they are not the same as caring for someone who cannot care for themselves. In the circle of life, there is a phase in our lives that gives us time and opportunity, frees us from our intense responsibility of caring for the young and caring for the elderly and allows us to go after our dreams and in many cases lets us live as we really want. My husband and I have worked really hard to make our children self-sufficient. So if I have to be at work or we both have to be at work or just for the sake of it, I want to sleep in, I know that kids are going to be okay because they can wake up, they can get their breakfast, they can make their lunch and they can get themselves to school. My in-laws are self-caring. My mother-in-law is quite capable of looking after herself and my father-in-law and our great-uncle. We offer support when we think it is needed or she will ask us or she will accept our help when she is ready to do so. And vice versa, she, when kids were little, my in-laws and my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, they have been an immense pillar of support when we needed it. When kids were little and I did long hours of work or night shift and, you know, the juggle that is so real in most of our lives, husband working, wife working, who is going to look after the children, how to juggle and how grandparents step in. Circle of life, right? Having a loved one with disability changes things. Having a disability oneself changes things. And caring takes over a whole new dimension. Now we are relying on others. We want to care for our loved ones. With that need to care, there comes in frustrations due to our own physical limitations. And these frustrations and these challenges of life 
you know, people question, people question their own self-worth. You know, there is so much guilt. There is so much frustrations. And then the type of disability and the intensity of disability plays an important role, isn't it? In how much a carer can dedicate into caring. Sometimes they have to bring in help, outside help. There is no breathing space for them. The role of a primary carer is exhausting, isn't it? This is why we need to not only care for our people with disability, but we need to care for their carers. So they get a break. Because otherwise, that break that we get in circle of life, when the kids don't need us too much and the parents don't need us too much, when we have time to go out and live and be us, they don't get, carers don't get that break. They just can't up and go on holiday. They cannot just be spontaneous. They just cannot sleep in. They have no downtime to rest or to recuperate. They have no freedom to go after their dreams. And in many cases, the fear of the future, and this especially, especially happens, you know, when the child or the parent or the sibling or the spouse that we are caring for, the fear of our own mortality comes in, like what happens after us? Who will look after our loved one? And this thought crushes them. It's constantly going on at the back of their head. Can you imagine living like that? As per Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, direct quote, informal carers are people who provide care to those who need it within the context of an existing relationship, such as a family member, a friend or a neighbor. The role demands often go beyond what would normally be expected of these relationships. As per Australian Bureau of Statistics, survey 2018, one in 10 Australians provide informal care. One third of these carers were between 35 to 54 years old, the prime of our life in the circle of life. Primary carers are people who provide the most amount of care. One in three of the above statistics is a primary carer and females make up the majority. I was at a school event once with my children and I was talking, standing next to this friend Gulmam and I was just praising her lad right because he did really well and you know I was proud of him to do so well and as I finished my gushing she you know she dejectedly said to me Aruna you are right and we are really proud of him but you know he will never be able to care for himself as other children will he will never fit the same he will never be able to live the ordinary life that we take for granted as she spoke those words, I could really feel her pain. And I really, really understood what she's trying to say. You know, for many reasons, and one I think is being a parent has changed us. I'm sure that you will relate with me here if you are a parent. You know, it changes us. It changes us for better and makes us at the same time, it has made me more vulnerable and more fearful. Also, nursing has exposed me to so many heartbreaks. I do health assessment, right? I go to people's houses and write care plans. And because when you are doing those stuff, you are caring, right? You are gathering information and aim is to provide the care that is needed now and to suss out all the potential problems that can occur in the future. And for me, a big aim is 
the carers because they are the main support people. They are the eyes, the ears, the hands, the legs of their loved ones. What happens to these primary carers? I see firsthand the toll it has taken, this full-time caring has taken on families, on relationships, and the decline that has happened on the carer's health, income, and happiness. The worry they carry of what happens when I am gone. The responsibility and alienation other children in the family feel. It is not all bad. I have heard laughter and stories that has moved me to tears. And of course, you hear horror stories. That is why it is crucial to understand the vulnerability of people with disability and advocate for them. Caring for a loved one with disability is a heroic act of selflessness and courage. Carers are the backbone of support, providing essential physical care as well as emotional guidance to those who need it. And without these carers, many would be unable to live their life the same way they do now. And being that carer can be an isolating experience. You know, parents think, oh, how much can I ask of my other child? How much can I ask of my friends? You know, and that's why beginning of this podcast, I was telling you the story about family, big family, where we live together. Because when we are together, we see each other. And we see the need. The communication is easy. But the amount of trust, the amount of acceptance, the amount of ability to not take negatively if other person is not able to help, you know, so much is needed when people are not there living together. That's why the family members in our smaller families, when there is only one to two people, it becomes so, so important that we look after these people because it is so alienating, it is so isolating. People get busy in their world. You know, we all mean well and we all have responsibilities. When we see it in front of our eyes, we do something about it. Otherwise, we get so busy, isn't it? So this podcast is about creating awareness that sometimes in our life we have friends like that, you know, and we will talk more about it on how to offer for help you know, how we can say and how to ask for help. So our experience of caring is not so isolating. And so we also get time to care for oneself. And you, the mom, the dad, the sibling, the elderly parents, the children, the young adults who find themselves caring for a loved one, salute. And for the rest of us, the gist of the matter is, if you are a professional carer, and walk into your work for the sake of working, stop and think again. Your sensitivity and care can make a world of difference to the life of the person you care for and those of their loved ones. And if you are a carer, remember to look after yourself. If you are a primary informal carer, let me know in comments what you do for self-care. If you would like me to talk more about self-care activities, please mention that. Also, please remember the majority of us do care. Sometimes we just need clear communication and space to do so, to show our care. I will discuss building a more therapeutic relationship with your professional carers and getting most of that relationship. We will also explore some of the resources available for carers. It's surprising to me 
because from where my end, there is so much out there. And then I turn up in people's houses and ask, what about this? What about that? What about that? And they don't know anything exists. There are many reasons I can think of, and we will explore why this can happen in the future episodes. And for agencies and independent providers, ongoing professional training and personal development is the key to providing person-centered care and creating that safe environment. Learning never ends. And if you're a registered nurse, we have some exciting news coming up for you. We have a disability nursing conference coming up. All info is on the website, www.levhealth.com.au. I hope to see you there. Until next time, take care. If this podcast has been of service to you, please leave us a comment and share our podcast. It will keep our spirits up and help us reach those who need person-centered care in a safe, caring environment. The notes and the links that I speak about can be found at www.levhealth.com.au That is www.levhealth.com.au If you have a particular topic you want us to cover, please head to our website and fill a form. I look forward to seeing you again. Till then, Shalom.